It's a wonderful time for Oscar, 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 who will win in this never-ending season. Hello, friends. We're here. It's me, Christian, alongside Brett and alongside special guest KB, and we will be talking about our Oscar predictions for the 91st Academy Awards, aka the Academy Awards that has changed so damn much in the past few weeks. Sending it off to Brett. Here we go. Yeah. Talk about change. Um, a lot of big news. One, they are presenting all 24. Thank goodness. Uh, right. I don't know about you guys, but when they made that original announcement of all the things they're going to try to do this year, that was the one that I was most upset about. So I'm glad they finally decided to do away with that. They caved in. They finally caved in. Like everything else they decided was a good idea. That was actually really terrible. So... Yeah, we've got Christian, obviously. we got me. we also got KB here again. Uh, Hello, to, friends. Yeah, to talk about our predictions for who will win this year in this crazy race. I'm really excited. Um, anything you guys want to address before we dive in about this year? It is a very weird year. It is. And I think some of the people that will win... It's going to be in that category of like Shakespeare in love. And you're like, why? Why did that happen? Maybe not today, maybe not next year, but five, ten years from now. We'll Is that, did you just and, quote Casablanca in some form? Um, I did watch that last week. So, you know, that could have been totally meta. I watched it last night. That is great. Uh, but yeah, nice catch there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This year, like... Some of them seem really straightforward, but also I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else won. Whereas like last year, last year was like my best year for predictions. This year will probably be my worst is the way I'm seeing it. So it's a very uh, divisive year to say yeah. the least. Alrighty. So we're going to go through the lists. We'll go over all the nominees and I think we'll start off with the short films, which would be the three categories that were probably least familiar with at least most of us christian you've seen quite a few of these actually yes i have um so let's start with the documentary short subjects we have nominees black sheep endgame lifeboat a night at the garden and period end of sentence so would you just like me to discuss all of them or just what do, do you thing? do you have a prediction do you have a favorite of those these are a little okay, more complex so others. My prediction for this one would be period, end of sentence, only because it's one of those feel-good sort of documentaries that is very informative. It's very worldly. It takes place in India. It's about um, female sanitation, sanitation pads, and how this company has created a uh, technological device for a small village that is easily able to make sanitary pads, sanitary napkins for the women, not only in this little community, but in neighboring ones um but just looking back at sort of documentary shorts they like these uplifting stories set around the world so i think just based on that that's that's my prediction my personal pick is black sheep which i know you saw brett also um explain that one to the masses yeah black sheep i've seen i think i've actually only seen two of these um black sheep and a night in the garden 
black sheep i really enjoyed it kind of um it's basically this man who grew up in england he spent the first part of his life in london um there's a story where um one of his peers was shot and killed there when he was what 12 years old um mm -hmm. and so he moves to like this countryside area um i can't remember exactly where it is but the type of racism he sees there is so intense and it seems like we don't see a lot in america about the type of racism we see in england and some other countries in the world and this was very affecting because he he kind of tries to change his identity to be more white in order to mm -hmm. fit in and to avoid the constant harassment he's getting um it kind of touches on like how hatred leads to such rage um he has a lot of guilt himself for the way he acted as a result of that very affecting would be my pick um like I said, the other one, only other one I saw was Night at the Garden, which is like seven minutes about a Nazi rally in New York. It's important. Like, it's an important event. As far as filmmaking, it's not much. So yeah. I'm going with Black Sheep as well. Same. Um, Endgame is also, I think, good. It's effective in really talking about death. I'm, I know our friend Zay compared it to another Netflix, because it is a Netflix original called... Um, Oh gosh, I don't even remember. But anyway, it's it's sad because they do talk about more so what happens after death. What am I going to feel when I die? I did cry. Uh, so there's that. And then Lifeboat about refugees on very small boats and German sailors who go out into the Mediterranean Sea to actually help them. That was also really good, really effective. I think all these documentaries are really effective in some capacity especially this one because it happens constantly people die on these ships trying to cross over for a better life but cool. the two that we did mention were i think the best and black sheep can be found on youtube everybody end game and period end of sentence on netflix lifeboat on youtube and a night at the garden uh vimeo vimeo, yeah, vimeo. and just random googling you can find it very easily yeah kb did you catch any of those uh, just the um, the Nazi at Madison Square Garden one, whatever that name was. A Night at the Garden. Yeah. Such a short, simple watch. It's like that's probably why I caught it. <laughs> it's so it's so weird watching it. I wasn't expecting it to be so short, and like it's just archival footage. Yeah, that's really all it is. I mean, there's like some subtitle, intertitle commentary. I thought they should have tried to expand it in some way, maybe get some historians on or something. But to me, it was just like, here's some archival footage, which is great, which I like, but also like as far as filmmaking, there's not much going it's, on there. Yeah. The only, the only thing I really got from it is the timing of presenting that as a documentary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, Christian, you also saw, Animated short films, real quick, the nominations are Animal Behavior, Bow, Late Afternoon, One Small Step, and Weekends. I know we've all seen Bow um, because it's a, it is the Pixar short that went along with Incredibles 2. Christian, does it deserve to win? I mean, I guess. It's not my personal pick, but... I think I could see a lot of the people who vote in this, who are probably the animators being really in love with it and being like the cultural points to it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, people I know didn't like it, but they're crazy. I liked it. I watched it with my mom. I made her understand it since it's about like leaving the nest and stuff. Um, but no, it's good. My personal picks for this one would be Late Afternoon, which is about an older woman struggling with dementia and she's reflecting on her life. And One Small Step, which I know you, Brett, saw, which is about a girl and her father through the ages and she wants to be an astronaut and the support he gives her and then her just growing up with and without him. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It was so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I saw those two. I also saw Weekends. Um, mm -hmm. which is about um, a child in Tokyo, I believe, if I remember right, um, who's dealing with his parents' divorce. Um, I think it's like 20 minutes long, really unique animation, also pretty good. Uh, one small step of the three I've seen would be my pick. So I do think Bao will win, though, if only because it's the one that the most people have seen. Yeah, and I'm, that's that's probably it for me, is that it's probably going to be the most widely re released out of all of them. Um, because even if he went to the screener for Incredibles 2, you saw that animation. So um, I think the other ones you'd either have to go to see all the shorts. Um, there's a lot of showcases showing all the shorts or uh, go through and find all the links that have been available online. And most voters probably won't do that. Mm -hmm. So um, just because of process of elimination, um, just going from the shortlist, too, um, I saw most of them from uh, when they were voting for a shortlist and then um, getting down. I, I think the one that was the most aspiring but probably won't get nominated would be Animal Behavior. Um, but Bao definitely is just going to take it. So I'd be surprised if anything else won. Yeah, Animal Behavior is a little bit like Creature Comforts. From yeah. the creators of Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, that's what I thought about that. It tries to be funny, but I didn't really care for it. Mm -hmm. Which is weird because it's from Canada and it's from the Canadian animation people who made one of my favorite short films called Bob's Birthday back in like 94. Same type of animation, but it, I, it, I cringed at it. Mm -hmm. And with these ones, uh, Bao, you can find on The Incredibles 2. DVD. I'm pretty sure you can also find it online. Weekends is on Canopy if you're fortunate to have that streaming service. Everything else will be available on demand when these shorts actually become available on demand. And I think that is this Tuesday. Yeah, and that's the other thing about the short films is that off, I think oftentimes like they're available online. Once they're nominated, they pull them off and only yeah. I watch them I, avenues. I watched them the day that they were all nominated. And then two hours later, they were all gone from all. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. I, I sent that uh, short list out that had, That's what I um, used. that had all the links. And then as soon as the nominations came through, I went the next morning to rewatch. There was one with a old man and little girl on the boat, and they were trying to be rescued. And mm -hmm. I wanted to rewatch that because I really liked that. And it wasn't shortlisted, and they were all taken down. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Um, so probably the I think documentary ones are probably the most accessible online. Probably the mm -hmm. least accessible would be the live action short films. Um, the nominations were Detainment, Falve, I believe is how it's pronounced, Marguerite, Mother, and Skin. I haven't seen any. Have either of you caught any mm -hmm. of those? Nope. KB, did nope. you catch any? Nope. Nope. 
So Once I have no again, idea. And those those will be on, I think, Amazon to rent. Oh, okay. Yeah, alongside the animated ones. And that's Tuesday, because believe me, I've been looking. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have no idea how to predict something like that. I miss at least one short category every year, so I'll just take that L. I was so close last year to predicting this one. <laughs> I went with my I went with my real second choice, but then it ended up being wrong, of course. Alrighty, so there's the short films. Again, um, they were one of the categories that were originally um, going to be shown on commercial break this year. Luckily, they are not. That's where a lot of directors get their start, so they are very essential. Um, moving on to the more, I should say, categories that we'll be able to talk a little bit more about. We've seen a lot of them. The first on the list, if we kind of go in our makeshift order here, would be Best Visual Effects nominees here are uh, Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. Anybody want to take this one first? Well, it looks like we all agree on the prediction being Avengers Affinity War. Yeah. So um, I, I think the memes that have been overdone with the ending of that movie and just throughout the entire film, all of the different things will be probably grabbing to the voters and... Uh, it's definitely one of the top earners for the year, so it's going to be one of those films that they didn't have to go and watch uh, for making their prediction. Mm-hmm. So I think that alone, uh, and it was good. I mean, Marvel movies going, it, it was pretty good as far as visual effects. It's probably the one category where Marvel could always snag a, an Oscar of the year, if not sound or uh editing, it's always going to be the visual effects. Um, I think as far as picks, Brett and I agree that Infinity War is the right category and mm-hmm. the right um, choice, but Christian, you had a different choice. Yes, I did. I would have done First Man um, only because that moon scene is really something and it's amazing how it is all really special effects and yet it doesn't look like it yeah i'm i'm so floored by that movie i hate that it pretty much got shut out by other movies this year but you know i yeah. still think stanley kubrick did it better well yeah but that's the <laughs> 60s good sir yeah uh i can totally see that though christian i while my pick would be avengers mostly for thanos i mean their work on thanos is stunning um, and Josh Brolin playing that character. Something we talked about in our previous podcast that I did verify, Marvel, since they debuted the MCU, has never won this category. There's always been something else. How sad. And I think, you know, they could have had a double shot this year, but Black Panther was not nominated, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. They went with Christopher Robin for some reason. I don't know. I mean, sure. Um, if Christopher yeah. Robin was nominated... Paddington should have been nominated as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's like the so same much. thing. It's the same thing. Only Paddington is better. Um, but yeah, Avengers, I think they're going to take the cake with this one. Finally get that Oscar. This one I'm pretty sure about. The one, and I know we all had a snub for this one, 
I think we may have all had the same one. I really, uh, it didn't even make the short list, but I really, really think Annihilation should be in here. I think it should have won this category. I think it's the most inventive and creative of the year and just so well done. Annihilation's uh, visual effects kind of remind me of Ex Machina's almost. Where they're, they're there, it's kind of obvious, but at the same time, it's not obvious and it's very subtle. Yeah. And they don't overuse it a lot until very much the end of that movie. So. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, I just thought there, it was very unique and distinct throughout like marvel films very good visual effects all the time but they're kind of like once you've seen them it's like we're seeing them just like a little bit enhanced the next time with annihilation whether it's the mutated animals or that great little i call it a dance scene at the end or the setting itself like that big bubble that they're in it's just so creative the whole way through and that was the thing while i was watching the movie I immediately thought this has to be some of the best visual effects of the year. And that was still in the first half of the year. So I didn't know what was coming forth in the second half, but I knew that that should be nominated. And to see it get the snub, I was very upset about that. Yeah, I would agree. And shout out to Solo, because with Solo's one nomination, every single Star Wars movie has had an Oscar nomination. Yeah, I mean... I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but that's I'm cool with that nom. So I'm cool with that fun fact. (laughs) Yeah, same. That's a good fact. Okay, we're gonna dive into the sound categories. Um these ones I struggle with sometimes. Like I think I know the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. Sometimes I don't always know which make what makes one film better than the other in that area. Um, but we'll start with sound mixing and the nominees here are Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, Roma, and A Star is Born. Um, I know that last, I think it was last night, the Cinema Audio Society had their awards, which is, I think, most based mostly around sound mixing. They went with Bohemian Rhapsody. That didn't change my prediction. I'm, I think Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win. Um, what do you guys think here? Same. See Academy. This is why these two categories are so hard because they're interchangeable and they're basically the same thing and you can fit them in one. Which they but you know do. what? The the sound people will they have um argued for that to be two separate categories because even though we Joe Public don't know the difference, they do. Yeah. Um there was a Times article I don't remember, sometime last year, I believe, probably around this time, just detailing the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. So I'll I'll bow out on this one. You guys go ahead. The only reason I will say with Brett Bohemian Rhapsody for sound mixing is because I'm looking back at a lot of the former wins in this category. And recently, they really like giving it to more music, musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago has won this. Ray has won this. Dreamgirls has won this. Uh, Les Mis being probably the most recent musical. Um, and they really took pride on their sound mixing in terms of singing live and mixing in the music after that. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I mean, you lip sync that whole movie. And yeah. I don't know. A Star is Born is sitting right there, but whatever. Yeah, I would go with... 
Well, I would go with First Man, but I would be very happy with the Stars Born as well. Yeah, I imagine the appeal of Bohemian Rhapsody is like mostly that Live Aid scenes because you had the crowd noise as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of thrown in. Um, what I'm most upset about in this category is that, and really this will be for both sound categories. I was really hoping Mission Impossible Fallout would get nominated here. That series has never had a nomination. I thought this was the best film in the series. They missed out again. Um, nothing there, and I thought this was their best chance. But cool. Yeah. Now sound editing. Okay, sound editing nominees are similar, um, but one difference here: we got Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, A Quiet Place, and Roma. A Star Is Born missed out on this one. What do you guys think? What's winning here? My prediction would be Black Panther. Mine would be A Quiet Place. This is one where we all disagree. I'm going with First Man. So, hmm. And again, I, it's hard to decide. They all, I think the sound production on all of them is great. Um, I think if I'm being really honest, the reason I go with First Man is because it's so loud and the sounds are so prominent in some of those scenes. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the category that also had a tie a few years back. So, again, anything could happen with these. The more that I think about it now with KB saying A Quiet Place, the more, like, I could see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those post-production sounds that they added, really, because of the quote-unquote quietness of the movie, they really stick out. Um the scenes where they're allowed to finally speak and everything. Uh, if you just listen to the background in those scenes, it really is a um, great contrast. And you have to know that most of those sounds were decided post-production when they're listening to the music on the iPod and everything like that. All that is post-production as far as um, manipulating the sound. So. I don't know, maybe it's just because in those scenes where sound is allowed, it's just so prominent, um, their feet on the sand and everything like that. And just knowing that wasn't during the production that those sounds were placed in there and then added afterwards. And um, just, I, I, I just think not only is that my pick, but I think that's gonna be the prediction as well. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. I hadn't thought about, okay, what are they doing later after the fact? And so that's really a really good take on that. Um, but yeah, and especially on a quiet place, a film that like the sound is so central to the film itself. That'd be a nice award for them to achieve. But really, I don't think there's any film in this category that I'd be surprised if it won. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the case every year. So, oh well. Okay, so moving on. Um, this one I kind of had trouble deciding, but we got best production design. Um, and our nominees here are The Black Panther, uh, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. Now, for me, I know this is between two films for me personally. I think it's going to either Black Panther or The Favorite. 
just kind of depends on if the Academy prefers something futuristic for once or if they want to go with the classic castle design of the favorite. Mm -hmm. I'm going with Black Panther just because it's kind of new and inventive. I guess my pick as well. Yeah. Originally, uh, I had Black Panther as my pick, but um, one, it's rewatching the favorite. There is a lot of like background things going on that I really didn't see the first time I was paying more attention to the story and its attempt to really become like a costume drama on the surface and then having the dark comedy below um, really sticks out with the production design. And that's what changed it. As far as it being my prediction as well, I'm really trying to go chalk and it's won seven awards so far as far as Oscar season, but Black Panther is right behind with five. So Mm. we'll see. I think this is, and it's weird because like most people are looking forward to best picture and the actors and the actresses, but it's these little categories that like film geeks like us really look forward to seeing who's going to come out on top because Mm -hmm. it's really, really um, divisive to use your word from earlier, Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see who wins. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And it, it's a good category. I mean, I really like all the nominees there. I wouldn't say there was any major snub that I would come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested. I did, I did put a snub of something, uh, but I don't think that it was snubbed in any way, looking back at these categories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. that's fair. I mean, I could have came up with a few that I really liked the production design, but I can't argue with who they went with. So now the next category I'm really interested to hear not really our, I think our predictions are going to be pretty across the board, but what we thought about what's deserving and that is best original song Christian historically your favorite category, I believe. Yes. So our nominees this year are all the stars from black Panther. I'll fight from RBG, the place where the lost things go by Mary from Mary Poppins returns Shallow from A Star is Born, and perhaps a surprise nominee when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings from the ballad of Buster Scruggs. I think and, it's pretty much across the board that shallow. Yeah. yeah. If it's yeah. not shallow, that's going to be the biggest upset of the night. I think so as well. Yeah. I mean, Lady Gaga at least is going home with one Oscar, is something for me. But. And really, what's really crazy about this is that when A Star is Born was released and all the prognosticators were thinking it was going to win like eight Oscars or something, this is probably going to be the only one that it wins. How disappointing. (laughs) So at least I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it turned out. Yeah. I will say it is my prediction. It is my pick. I did have two snubs that weren't nominated. The first is from Mary Poppins Returns, Trip a Little Light, Fantastic. I thought that song was a lot better than Where the Lost Things Go. That's just me and my anti-sentimentalism, but whatever. Um, And then Always Remember Us This Way from A Star Is Born. They only campaigned Shallow. On the back of my DVD screener, it says only Shallow. I don't know why, because originally they were going to go with three songs. And if anything, I think this is the best song in the film. Sorry, Shallow. I, I think they did that just because on the strength of the popularity of Shallow. Yeah. And they didn't want to divide the votes because 
it's been in the past. Anytime you divide votes on a certain top on a certain category, you end up losing it in both ends. So I think that was the only reason, but that's also a good snap as well. Yeah, and I thought they might try it since La La Land had success with getting two in and getting the win a few years ago. But also, I mean, I don't list A Star is Born as a musical. I think it's a movie about music, whereas La La Land was a musical. Um, so that might make a difference. KB, I mean, uh, Christian, you said, always remember us this way, is your favorite from the film. I think that and Maybe It's Time, Bradley Cooper's song, Mm-hmm. Might actually be both be better songs than Shallow, better written mm-hmm. and whatnot. But for me, Shallow encapsulates the film. It so, wasn't a trailer. Yeah. And so the that, trailer, the trailer that literally every movie leading up to it showed at some point. Oh, yeah. I, I think we've seen the trailer at least 30 times before the movie actually came out. Yeah. And it's a radio hit because I've heard it on the radio before. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I wonder, like, because I've always heard that song. I actually waited to listen to it until I saw in full, until I saw the movie. And that scene is just tremendous. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder what it's like for someone who has only heard the song and has not seen the movie, how they might react differently to it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would have been happy with another song from A Stars Born getting in. Anything. I wouldn't say I'm too upset about not snub, but like anything from the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse soundtrack would have been cool. A lot of great songs in there. Yeah. Great. Um, Great stuff, but still a really strong category, I think. And, and they're all going to be sung at the Oscars. Yes. Which Lady Gaga, their reporting is a big reason why I guess she very much campaigned for the other, uh, nominees and so that's bravo to her on her part for helping out with that thanks lady and so okay so sticking with the music categories let's move on to best original score here the nominees are black panther black Klansman, if bill street could talk isle of dogs and mary poppins returns who is taking this one what the heck, I will. So I think that the winner and my pick for this would be If Beale Street Could Talk. Yeah, Only because much like that movie, it's another... I look at it as another character in the film because it works with almost every scene. With almost every character, there's some sort of beautiful piece of soundtrack in it. It's no, There's no competition here. I agree. It's... Um... There's a lot of movement in the score. It's so dreamy. Every time I hear a piano playing and everything, it's it's so dreamy. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it reminded me of Phantom Thread's uh, score a lot, but yeah. just better placement in the movie um, than what Phantom Thread was able to do. And I think the biggest reason this will win and it's also why it's my pick based on the nominees is that the best score was totally snubbed and i think we all agree on what that is right brett uh yes justice for justin Hurwitz, first man uh if that would have been nominated this would be 
a, really a landslide. Close race. Yeah. No, I, I think it would be a landslide. Really? Okay. I think I think uh, Irving's score. As much as I love Beale Street, that one was way superior. And to this day, I still don't know why it wasn't nominated. Yeah, it's very strange, especially because we know they like Hurwitz. I mean, they gave it to him for La La Land, which I don't think there was much competition there either. But I was really shocked. That was one of the biggest snubs of the day, most surprising for me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really think... Just and and this goes back to what we were saying before about first man, um, almost being shut out completely. I think there is La La Land hangover, mm -hmm. albeit two years ago. I just if it was another director, I think we would see more nominations for this movie, based on the plot, based on the excellent score and sound and everything like that, visual effects. I think there would be more nominations, but because there's still there's still debate about the success of La La Land and, and a critical reception of La La Land, I really think that's the reason why this film was snubbed in so many categories the way it was. And also sort of forgotten at the box office because of that damn flag controversy. Yeah, for sure. Oh, stop. Which is such the stupidest thing ever because there is a flag in the movie and you can see it. Well, and people are trying to say, I think at times that that did not affect its box office. And I completely disagree because I remember when that news came out, I went on IMDb. There were people going on without even seeing the movie and giving it zero stars because yeah. of that. And so I like you think about this movie like Neil Armstrong, Patriot. This is like this is what a white male audience wants to see and like. Like they're going to try to reach out to those people. And that's also the people that are going to be most upset by the flag controversy. Yeah. Once again, it's, I, I really think it's just a vitriol for the director because if anything, this is the one movie where it could possibly scream nationalism um, and re appeal to that audience, but they probably didn't even see it. Yeah. And I, I think what you talk about with the directors we kind of saw the same thing with Beale Street, which was also in that race from a few years ago. It's it, so ironic that those two movies, First Man and Beale Street, two directors, the 2016 controversy. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know they were the two front runners two years ago. Now they're arguably the two films that just missed out on a Best Picture nom, as well as other nominations. So really interesting dynamic there. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think we're all in agreement there. Um, Next category we're going to look at, I still don't know why they only do three nominations here, um, but makeup and hairstyling nominations went to Border, Vice, and Mary, Queen of Scots. I think we're also in agreement here. Vice has taken this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It has to be. If you got to put on a fat suit, you're going to win an Oscar. <laughs> Well, I, I do, the, the makeup is very good. And part of it, like you see, especially with Christian Bale, what really got me is like, there's a scene where like he has his hands near his face and even the details they put into his hands. Like, yeah, you could see the liver spots on his fingers and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, there's so much detail there. It's, it's, it is really an exquisite job um, there. And um, even with the other... Um, main characters like Amy Adams, you see the progression through their life. And of course, 
um, it's not as uh, dramatic in contrast to what Cheney looks like, uh, Christian Bale playing Cheney, but you can see the detail of aging uh, throughout the film. Yeah. Um, is this what we all want to win? I mean, it's the only movie I saw, but I kind of would like to see Border just from the stills I've seen. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool, unique makeup job. But I mean, I'm really cool with Vice winning this one, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's my I'll say too. Vice too. Cool. Again, pretty short category. I think they should go to five nominees. But that's just me. I, yeah, I'm trying to look up how this all works with why there's only three. I haven't found out yet. There have been years though where there were only two nominees and then four nominees. So Yeah. So that's just what that, we do with. That guild is just very interesting. Anyway. Okay. Um, yet another category that I think is all but decided at this point, maybe. Best foreign language film. Which film's winning this one? Roma. Is it a surprise? Roma. Roma. Yeah. Roma. Okay. Any chance you guys think Cold War can pull an upset here? Do you think maybe like voters might be like, okay, we'll give our vote for Roma at the top of the ballot for best picture, but we'll give Cold War foreign film? That's what happened at a that's what almost happened at a certain awards situation that I attended, but it did not happen. There was a lot of controversy surrounding that. Mm-hmm. So. so far, Roma has won this category 33 times throughout the Oscar through the award season. Um, your pick, uh, Christian Shoplifters, is with five, and then Cold War with four. So, yeah, the A second place. <laughs> yeah, I'm second place. Look, I no. loved, I loved, love, love Shoplifters. Um, I know Roma's taken this one easily. I'll say yeah. it here. This is this is the clean sweep for Roma for foreign language, but shoplifters is is near and dear to my little heart. I will say I forgot to read the uh, nominations for this one just because we all know it's going to win. Uh, but Capernaum, Capernaum, I'm really not sure how that's Capernaum. pronounced. Capernaum, Cold War, Never Look Away, which got another surprise nomination. Roma and shoplifters, the big one missing for me, and I think a lot of people is burning from South Korea. Mm -hmm. um, which I don't think stood a chance to win, but I was really surprised it didn't get in. But yeah, it, it's Roma. I'd be really shocked if it was anything else. Yeah. It's nominated for Best Picture, so. Okay, now this next category is a little different because I would say this is one of, if not the most controversial category this year just because of who was nominated. Um, but we got Best Film Editing and the nominations here are Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. And this is kind of a big category because it could be a bit of a predictor for Best Picture. Um, Christian, what are you going with here? I am going with Vice. Um, the the uh, editing awards a few weeks ago went with Vice. Kind of a big shock there. I don't know. It's just the tide is turning on this movie for some reason in the little categories, and here's its win, I guess. Yeah. KB, how about you? I agree. It's uh, both my prediction and my pay. Um, it's very similar to the last film made by them, which was The Big Short, 
And mm -hmm. personally, I really like that style of editing. Um, <laughs> the fake credits, <laughs> everything yes. in the middle. But just the way they um, they snap from one scene to another, really, really great. Um, really difficult if you ever did film editing to um, have that timing and that cadence in a film as far as editing. Um, but you have a different pick. Who, me? Yeah. Um, I'm predicting Vice to win. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think that um, I mean it is about preference. I think oftentimes it comes down to is more editing good editing, and sometimes that's how they see it. For me, Vice, you mentioned the mid credits sequence where like it pretends the movie ends. That's hilarious. I loved the editing there. There are also points in the movies where I couldn't stand it, like in the beginning where it's like beginning in the '60s or whatever. They flash forward to 9-11 for a brief bit and then come back. Yeah. Part of me understood that. And part of me was like, did you really need to do that? Like that scene is coming. Um, that's just a matter of preference. I would go with the favorite um, or even Black Klansman there just because I thought the stories just moved along best. The pace was good. I do like the frenetic editing at times that KB you mentioned. I don't even know if it was eligible, but the Orson Welles film, The Other Side of the Wind, really loved the editing in that movie because it's so choppy, but I can still comprehend what's going on, even though they're mixing up cinematography, editing. So that would have been my snub, but the Vice is taking this, I'm pretty sure. My snub is First Man. I'm on the First Man party here, specifically for the scene when he's on the moon and it flashes back to the memory of his daughter who had died. And he's looking down into the moon crater and then throws a little bracelet in. Oh, yeah. So touching. Um, I didn't I didn't put down my snub, but um, just based on who's won the award the most so far, I'm surprised Roma wasn't in there. Yes, me too. That is a big snub. And because we've talked in previous episodes, editing is one of those awards that lines up with best picture a lot. And it Roma hasn't happened since 2012. Been. What's that? It hasn't happened since 2012 for our. Well, I mean, like getting a nomination in editing. Oh, okay. Like helps your best picture chances. I was um, gonna say, because it hasn't really happened recently a whole lot. Right. Yeah. Um, as far as winning, but like I think like we talked about, like there are only like seven or ten times in history that a film won best picture without getting at least a nomination in editing. Mm -hmm. I think that's just because that that's how the story's told. Um. But yeah, really, sh I was really shocked Roma didn't get in. So, but yeah, uh, last bit here. Would not be surprised if Bohemian Rhapsody stole this one, if I'm Don't honest. Get those words out of your mouth. Because, really? because once again, there is a lot of editing in that movie. There's a clip going around that just went oh. viral where they're like sitting at this table. And I think it's terrible, but like it's so choppy and they're having this conversation some people just like a lot of editing. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't. But like Chris said, Bohemian Rhapsody actually won a big editing award recently. I think it won the Ace Eddie Award. And so, Which really disappoints me because I, 
I'm I'm unlike most people who are like panning it. I'm okay with it, but the only thing that really really bothered me about it is that it's edited like a TV movie, like a made for TV movie. Yeah. And the first couple of times you're like, oh okay, but everything from um, the musical montages, um, the only part that really really was edited well was the live aids. Uh, section at the end and it was almost like it was a different editor but in the middle especially like when they uh go from the we will rock you into playing it live i'm like by that point in the movie i was like this is so cheesy just stop stop and the only redeeming thing like they always say finish strong that movie finished strong because all they had to do is that live aid shot for shot, movement for movement, and walk off stage, roll credits, and that was enough to make you forget about all the cheesiness of editing from the rest of the movie. I think that's what they're seeing. I think that's what it is. And here's the other thing to consider, the narrative behind it. There are a lot of people who believe that after the whole Brian Singer firing happening, that the editor saved that movie. That it was saved in editing. And so... Again, I don't think that's a worthy reason to award it, but this is the Academy we're talking about here. And I pulled up the American Cinema Editors, Ace, their Eddie Awards. They give out dramatic and comedy. They went with Bohemian Rhapsody and The Favorite for their awards. So there's support there. Again, I'm just saying, like, watch out. We may be in for a bit of trouble with that category. You might be right, because I bet the majority of them are the ones who voted originally and then it's opened up to everyone within the academy from there so if they're already shortlisting that and then people are based and the whole thing with bohemian rhapsody is it's all the people that will like it because they remember queen and they don't care if it's a made for tv movie or not they're gonna vote for nostalgia yeah yeah and and that's what it's really running off of I mean, Rami Malek, love him, hate him. It was a performance that made you say, wow, he's just like Freddie Mercury. But those are the people that are voting, so you might be right. I don't know. I, again, I still think it's going to be Vice, but I wouldn't be surprised. So, All right, next category. Um, I imagine this one upset all of us a little bit. Best documentary feature. A heart. Yeah, um, the nominees here, Free Solo, Hale County This Morning, This Evening, Minding the Gap of Fathers and Sons, and RBG, Where the Hell is Won't You Be My Neighbor? Thank you. I don't even want to talk about this. Um, <laughs> it's in the kingdom of make-believe. Uh, yeah, because they're, the best documentary, I would say, of the past five years is not even nominated. And that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it's that. It's an absolute shame. And I, I think a big narrative that I've just heard recently with Won't You Be My Neighbor, this is what happens. The movie doesn't get nominated, and then people start saying, oh, well, here's what I actually thought. I've heard a lot of people through recordings, podcast things, say that they think the subject of the film is more interesting than the film itself, and that there isn't really a whole lot of technique going into it. I completely disagree, because you have a 40 year, almost 40 year history of his show that you have to pull content from and put something together into an hour and a half long movie. 
and you're using interviews, archival footage, it's structured as a story. I think it's great. I, I, I do not understand how it missed here. If they're arguing yeah. about the arc, the archival footage stuff, they need to look at another winner, Amy, which is pretty much the same exact all thing. All archival. It's all archival. There's there's no talking heads because all the talking part is told through narration. Mm-hmm. It's all told through archival footage. It's the same thing, and I I I'm I'm just shocked. I think that was my biggest snub. Sorry to all the other films, but I loved Once yeah. My Neighbor so much. I completely agree. I'd like to see RGB get it just because the best of what's left, I guess. I don't know. I think RBG will get it um, because sign of the times. It is relevant. I think Free Solo has a shot. Um, That's what I put Free Solo. It's between those two for me. If I was choosing, if I were choosing, I would go with Minding the Gap. I just saw it on Hulu the, the other day. It is an excellent piece of indie documentary filmmaking that I'm so glad made it in, but I think it's going to RBG personally. Mm-hmm. I would like to see free solo, but I can see RBG. Yeah, that's probably um, that. And won't you be my neighbor is probably the two dots that I've seen the most. Um, I've seen free solo twice and neighbor three times. Yeah. And I, See, my thing about Free Solo is that, you know, one, the political thing with RBG, which is, you know, I could totally see, um, will people see it too much as a National Geographic film, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. that you watch on Nat Geo channel. And also RBG, I think, had some box office success. So that's what decided it for me. But if Free Solo wins, I'll be like, yeah, that, that makes sense too. So, yeah. Um, and just for those, if anybody wants to see them, Hale County this morning, this evening, I'm sure is on PBS by now. Yes. Uh, that's how I watch it on PBS. Uh, okay. Minding the Gap and RBG are on Hulu, and A Father's and Son is on Canopy. And I'm not sure about Free Solo. No, but it should no, be coming out up on that Geo. Yeah. It's been re-released twice in theaters to uh, show in IMAX, and it is spectacular in IMAX. I'm sure. Okay. Anything else on the best documentary? Kind of an interesting category. Mr. Rogers is disappointed in all of us. Yeah, he's rolling in his grave. Yep. Okay. Next category, best costume design. Uh, we have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots. Um, for me, this is between the same two films that I think are up for best production design. They're either going to go modern with Black Panther or they're going to go classic with The Favorite. I'm leaning The Favorite. Flip a coin. Um, I just... I want to do a split on those two, so I'm thinking the favorite takes this one. Even though mm. I would probably go with Black Panther. I would go with Black Same. Panther too. Just to get out of the norm of giving it to like the very big costume dramas for once. Yes. And sort of giving it to something that has very, very unique costumes. I mean, for every single individual character. So. Yeah, Ruthie Carter did an excellent job with uh, representing the various diasporas 
of African cultures in Black Panther and just creating something new for it to be, well, this is what Wakanda is. And um, just to see all those different things uh, represented in one movie as one culture was just beautiful. And I would just love to see her walk up and get the award. But mm. I could also see them giving it to the favorite just because that just speaks to the Academy so, so well and so often. So, yeah. And I, and I uh, Christian, you mentioned the entire cast of Black Panther looking, getting this really unique costume mm. design. And that's a big cast. I mean, there's, there's a diverse collection of costumes in there, and it's really, really impressive. So I really hope they win, um, but it could go either way. Uh, the Favorite has its costumes by Sandy Powell, very famous. Mm-hmm. Um, she's won herself a couple of Oscars, too. The last being the young Victoria. She also has the Aviator and Shakespeare in Love. She's double nominated, actually, this year. So Wow. She's very she's very famous. Her costumes are very good. I did read that one of Queen Anne's dresses in the favorite was made from a old bedspread. So always making unique stuff. Well, I heard another category like Mary Queen of Scots. Like a lot of the dresses in that movie were made out of denim, which I hmm. thought was kind of interesting. I mean, cool. Um, but yeah, that's interesting as well. Okay. So the next category, yet another one, um, along with the shorts, film editing, um, is best cinematography that they were originally going to do in the commercial breaks rather than airing completely live, which is totally messed up. I just think of Roger Deakins winning last year. Yeah. What would that have been like to not see that live? I know. I was so happy for him. I just think of the Academy president being a cinematographer. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> How crazy is that? How crazy I, is that they're going to like literally disrespect that category? I think that I got oh. two reasons behind it. One is that he's trying to pull off, well, I'm not that bad. I'm choosing my own category for this. And two, that he they've never awarded him for cinematography, I don't think. So he's shady. All those Jealousy. Others, whatever. But yeah, terrible decision. Luckily, they've reversed it. Okay, our nominees this year are... We know who's going to win. We we know. Don't even even read it. We know. Who's winning? Who's winning? Who's winning? Roma, right? The favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going with the favorite? No, I go with Roma. But, interesting enough category, because there are three foreign features in this category. They're outweighing the English-speaking movies. That's something new. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened before. I think a big part of it, from what I heard, is that Never Look Away, uh, the German film, is nominated in this category, which was a huge surprise. Um, The cinematographer there is Caleb Deschanel. I guess he's pretty respected in the field. That's Zoe's dad. Is it really? I wonder. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know this. Yeah. So... But yeah, it's Roma. Um, the really cool thing about this, I think, is that Alfonso Coron did the cinematography. Okay, this is a guy who could have got Emmanuel Lubezki to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arguably the greatest cinematographer working today alongside Deacons. Uh, and he went ahead and did it himself, and it's absolutely stunning and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think that just speaks to this being like 
just a personal love story to not only his mother, but also to the way he grew up in Mexico. And I just remember two things. I remember when the trailer was coming out on Netflix and they had a moving still of that scene out of the kitchen into the backyard. And it was just like, he just locked down the camera and just recorded. And it was like played on a loop. And it was like the first view I got of the movie because I, I don't think I've ever seen the trailer before it came out. And I said, I don't know what the rest of this movie is like, but visually I want to see this. And then, of course, when it came out, the still of them all embracing on a beach, which yes. is another great shot. And um, I don't know. Do you guys watch the Hollywood Reporter roundtables? So, so I haven't seen this year's. Okay. So on this year's, they had um, Spike Lee. They had Karan. They had um, a couple of other people. But those two people I mentioned are the most important because mid-sentence, Spike Lee interrupts Corona and says, how'd you do that shot, man? <laughs> and he's like, which one? He's like, you know which one I'm talking about. The one where she's walking out into the sea. Yeah. And because you had to imagine they had to create something to run the camera along because it doesn't break or anything. And if there's no other shot in the movie, those two stills that I spoke about before, there's no other shot in the movie, just that shot of her walking out into the sea and there's no break and there's no jitter or anything. Yep. And you just stop and you think about the difficulty behind making that shot and the ingenuity of making a shot like that and saying, we can do that. And I, I don't know why, I just thought about that pier in uh, Dunkirk that they uh, had and just trying to, I, I want to see the behind the scenes of this. So Christian, I, like you were saying yesterday, I hope they come out with the Blu-ray for this yeah. just so I can see the behind the scenes of them setting up that shot. It has to be in there because no other part of the film gives him that cinematography award more than that shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That scene really, it is, it, it's, it's, I felt the same way. I was confounded. Like, how the hell did he do this? And also mm -hmm. to make it cinematic, but not over the top. Like there is, I'm pretty sure there's no score in that scene. They're not doing a bunch of like close-ups on her rescuing the kid. It's not like some huge action hero rescue scene. She just, she wades out. She gets the kids. She brings them back. And it's still stunning. Like, how mm -hmm. do you do that? And the other shot that I really think it's very simple but so creative is when it's a reflection in the water and you see the plane going across the sky. That just, yeah. it's so beautiful and it's so simple. And he really, he just told a story through the camera, you know? And, and just to go back to what you were saying about him getting Emmanuel or, or doing it himself, I really think he had a vision for this film and it went way past just directing it and writing it. He yep. needed he needed his eye to see that film come true. So totally. So um, any of us, I think, not only predicting Roa, but also we think it deserves to win this award. Would I be correct on all of us saying that? Yeah, yeah. Any snubs from you guys here? 
I had first man again, as usual. Uh, just, I don't know. That cinematography was great. I, I didn't like the shaky cam at first in a lot of it, but on the second watch, I got over it. Cause it just makes sense. It's going along with the rockets. And also if Beale Street could talk, yeah. just that camera focuses on every single character in such a beautiful way. And that scene, especially that everybody sees where the two main characters are just staring at one another. Oh yeah. And, and just the colors. It's so lush and mm -hmm. so beautiful. I think we we discussed that in the past uh, podcast and so forth. It's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I'm totally I totally agree with both of those. I also would have went with a film that I knew wouldn't get nominated, but I thought it was its best shot, uh, The Writer, um, just for the landscapes and how beautiful. And once again, just a simple story. Great cinematography. Yeah, really cool category, though. It's always one of my favorites. Okay, next one. Another one that I'm very excited for, Best Animated Feature Film. The nominees here are Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Is there any way Spider-Man loses this? Yes. I think so. Because I say so. No, I'm joking. What is happening right now? <laughs> I think we know who's going to win. <laughs> Let's say it all, all together on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Spider-Man. The internet. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> no, but yeah, Spider-Man. I mean. There sorry, was a time me. when I thought the Academy would hold on to their bias and just give it to Incredibles 2 because it's a Disney Pixar. But Spider-Man has won freaking everything up to this point. If it doesn't win, it's 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 a scam. It's ridiculous. It really is. And they're going to have to like talk to themselves about their biases. I mean, there will be a riot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, when the nominations were announced, I was holding my breath because it was, I thought it was going to be another Lego fiasco. Yep. And it's because Spider-Man alphabetically comes last. So you have the four movies and I'm like, Oh my God, what came out that could possibly go last here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller didn't direct but producers on the film, they had the Lego movie thing happen to them, which was a crime. But yeah, and I think just we've said in the last podcast, the animation's too revolutionary to not mm -hmm. give it an Oscar. And the story's great. The character's great. Everything's great. So if I see anything, possibly because the Academy just loves this man, Isle of Dogs with the upset, but I don't even want to. I don't even want to speak that into existence because this film deserves every award it's won and it's won every award. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just an easy choice to choose it for the Academy as well. I'm not even sure if there's been really any major upsets in this category ever before. Well, besides Happy Feet, but... Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, 2014 was kind of weird because Lego Movie was the frontrunner until it didn't get nominated. Then with yeah. Big Hero 6, that one was a little tougher to call. But yeah, it's it typically goes the way you expect. Yeah. So, so good luck, Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay, the next category. We're getting into what is considered the Big Five now. So um, first one we're going to look at is Best Original Screenplay. The nominees here are The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, 
Roma, and Vice. What are your guys' thoughts here? Because they have no control over themselves and they have no shame and they're stupid this year, Green Book. Yeah, I think they're going with Green Book. It's won this award a lot so far. I hate to say it. I think the favorite could um, upset there. But yeah, I think it's Green Book. Because when you write a when you write a screenplay involving a black man eating fried chicken for the first time, that just sends the Academy writers into hysteria like they've never seen that before. How hilarious! Let's give this an award. Oh, I for the sake of what you just said, I really hope that my prediction comes true and the favorite wins. It was original. It was funny. It's been the top award winner so far in this category. I really hope Green Book doesn't win for Best Original Screenplay. Really for for those of you just listening, just to make things clear, I don't like Green Book, and I'm with KB. I hope the favorite wins, but I, if I'm making like a, and if I want to win some money here by myself, I have to go with Green Book. But and so I'm you, holding my head just at the thought of Green Book winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I don't know. Like you said, KB, like the favorite. It's just I I don't know if I've ever seen a film with that writing like that. You know, no. it, it's like it's so unique. And Green Book, I feel like I've seen so many times before. There's nothing new, and it's just not very well written. We I mean, would go, we would go from Jordan Peele winning for Get Out, a revolutionary yes. film last year, to Green Book, where it's like racism. Forget about it. I watched. Green Book again last Saturday with a crowd of three people who we've never seen it before, and they were calling out what will happen in in that in the end of that scene, or who's going to say something next, or what's going to happen next. That is predictability. Yes, that means it's not original, quote unquote original, and that means it's not very well written. It could be the feel-good movie of the year, but the whole thing is if people know what to expect. It's not original. Yeah. And, you know, I thing about Green Book is that the reason I'm probably going with it is because it seems like such the chance of it winning Best Picture is really big. I, I really think it is. But it's not going to win editing. It doesn't have a Best Director nom. This is like its biggest precursor nom. And so I think they're going to fall for it. Um, like I said, the favorite, I think, deserves 100 times over. If Yorgos Lanthimos doesn't win this now, will he ever? Because this is his most accessible. Some people might say the Lobster should have won a couple years ago. He's not nominated for this. Oh, Yorgos didn't write. Well, no, he did Edgar not. Davis it was Tony McNamara. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. I'm really shocked about that. And we're not really talking about it, but um, Paul Schrader has been winning a lot of awards for this, uh, for First Reform. Um, just, I, I guess once the story gets out that this is like the film that he was supposed to write before Taxi Driver and after his super successful book about, I'm not even gonna attempt to say transcendentalism. But mm -hmm. anyway, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that came in and knocked the other two off, but that's like my long shot vote. I think the biggest problem First Reform is going to have is that Paul Schrader likes to say a lot of things. 
Um, sometimes <laughs> that pissed people off. Yeah. And uh, I, I, after his nominations, I think he says something like the academies are bull crap or whatever. Some of the stuff they nominate Academy members hear that and they might think, well, forget you then. Like, <laughs> but here's the thing. If variety doesn't report that most of the voters won't know that. Fair. Um, I don't remember where I saw it. It might've been Indie wire or something like that, but that's true. Then we have, then we have Roma written by Alfonso, another nomination for him. Yeah. He's got what? And five we, this year. Yeah. And then we have vice in which Adam McKay read the entirety of Dick Cheney's Wikipedia page and put it in a spreadsheet and called it a movie. Yeah, that was my thing. That was my big problem with that screenplay is that I it's like a history book was attempting to be put into a movie. And I get it. This is a lot of information, but like you're you're telling a story, telling you're writing a movie here, not a book, not a biography, which also involves a scene with fried chicken. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good old W. I didn't mention it, but shout out to Bo Burnham for uh, eighth grade. I wish I got more more shine. Yeah, he had, that was a big snub here. Um, I was really, I would have liked to see him get in. He's had some success elsewhere. He won best first time director at the DGA. Upset Bradley Cooper, which was cool. I mean, I was rooting for I was rooting for Cooper. <laughs> Did but Brett just say that? I was rooting for Cooper, but I love Bo Burnham. I th- thought he did a really good job, so I'm not too upset about that one. Um, but yeah, big snub here. I can't. The other big snub for me was one that Chris and I both loved, which is Blind Spotting. Yeah, you could include me in that now. I finally watched. You it. watched it, yes. Yes, yes. I I enjoyed it very much. Awesome. Cool, Christian. Any other snubs for you in that category? Just Blind Spotting. Yeah. So now we move on to Adapted, which I think I'm going to be a lot happier with the result of this one. Black Klansman. Black Klansman. <laughs> Jump to it. <laughs> yeah, do we think it's a... I mean, I will say the Writers Guild of America has not had their awards yet. Um, at the beginning of the year, it seemed like Beale Street was the frontrunner, but Black Klansman has really picked up steam lately. Mm-hmm. we pretty set on it winning? I think so. Yeah. It's the pick. It's a prediction. Um, I think the the last award they won was BAFTA last week. Yes. Yeah. And WGA is next. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, it's won the most awards so far. So uh, shout out to Miss Watchell and Robin uh, Robinitz and Spike and Kevin Wilmot for writing what I think is a great screenplay. Yeah. Does he listen to our podcast by any chance? <laughs> What's that? I said, does he? Does Kevin listen to our podcast by any chance? I don't know, but um, he's been. Hey, big. I would Kevin. love. I would love to get him on here if we could. If we could get come up with like twenty questions for here, I would love to get him on. Well, yeah, and we also had news this week that him and Spike are collaborating once again. Um, what was it called the Five Bloods. Um, it's a Vietnam film um, about, I think it's the plot is that um, this group of guys, you know, fought in the Vietnam war, go back to kind of rediscover themselves. Chadwick Boseman is the lead actor. Is it for um, Netflix too? 
yes, it's Netflix. Netflix there. So, but yeah, I think Black Klansman has this. Um, the other nominees are Ballad of Buster Scruggs for the Coen Brothers, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Bill Street Could Talk, and The Star is Born. I want to say that if there's a chance for an upset, it could be Beale Street, but it only got three nominations. So I don't know. I don't think luck is on its side. Assuming Black Klansman wins, that means uh, I will have met now two Academy Award winners. That's right. The other is Rita Moreno. Wonderful. Kevin Wilmot and Rita Moreno. Yeah. Well, the other thing about this award is that Spike Lee has never won an Oscar. Um, and so I don't think they're going to lean towards him for best director. Oh, that would mm -hmm. be great. This is probably the way they're going to go and finally getting him that Oscar, which is great. He deserves it. In some I was, I was at the theater yesterday and I watched as a theater watching a best picture showcase came out from seeing black Klansman and just knowing the impact that it had on me, on all three of us as we saw it for the first time, is still being experienced by theater goers today. Mm -hmm. Even though it's out on, you know, it's out on home media and all that stuff, people are still going to see it and they're still experiencing that that overall feeling coming out of the theater from watching this great, excellent written movie. It's just amazing. I'm so happy to see all the accolades that's won so far and the big one coming up. Yeah, totally. Um, cool. So did we have any snubs here? I had, uh, I knew it didn't have a shot, but my favorite of the year, Paddington 2, would have loved to see it get some love. Alas, that's, that's okay. all I can think of. Yeah. Cool. Um, so now we move into... The acting categories. We'll start Ooh. off with Best Supporting Actor. Our nominees the first award here. Of the night. Yes, the very first word of the night. Um, our nominees here: Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell for Vice. Uh, yeah. I think we've all agreed Mahershala is pretty much winning this. Oh, I think it's a lock. I really do. Unfortunately. Well, he's the only reason I like that movie, uh, truly. I, I, I love his acting performance in almost anything he does. And despite the writing, I think he carries this movie. And not Vigo, not the director. It's Mahershala. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, as I was saying before, the reason it's a feel-good movie of the year is because of his acting and his convincing of the character of Dr. Shirley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Mahershala. Um, it would, my pick would be Richard E. Grant. Um, but yeah, you're right. He is by far the best part of that movie, best thing about that movie. I think, I think he's lead, if I'm honest. Yeah, um, I think him and Vigo are co-leads. Um, and I think it helps that he has so much screen time, but he's going to win. He's going to give a great speech, I'm sure. He's a great, seems like a, a great guy. So I can't 
be too upset about that. There were a few others that I would go with before that. And there were a lot of people. Richard E. Grant is the sweetheart of the Oscars this year. I'll just say that. I agree. Especially on social media. I I think that was my early choice to win. But once again, seeing Green Book again, it it has to be Ollie. And, it's very much um, like last year with Willem Dafoe winning all the critics awards and then Sam Rockwell coming up. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I said, Richard E. Grant, he, if you watch his interviews and stuff, he is just delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, good campaign going, but yeah, I don't think anybody has a shot at taking down Mahershala. I will say there, this is especially this category where there were a few that I would have really liked to see here. Um, Stephon James or Brian Tyree Henry from Beale Street, Raphael Casal from Blind Spotting, and especially Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther. Because yep. he that was fun. He reinvigorated the villain role in Marvel movies. Yeah, it was almost like a anti-hero by the end of the movie. And I, I just remember, I think Black Panther came out a year ago today as we're recording this. But it was weird for me to come out of a movie being a comic book movie, an action movie, and saying that that was an Academy Award deserving performance. Mm-hmm. But I did. <laughs> and to see it snubbed is not like, wow, I can't believe they did that. That's the Academy. Yeah. But if they included it, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, that performance was worth it. I also have down Timothy Chalamet. For beautiful boy for one of my snubs i would say the one really good aspect of that movie so i could see that as well he was pretty heartbreaking let's just agree that uh, sam rockwell probably should not be in this category what did he do he ate chicken and did an impersonation like I, honestly i almost think will ferrell is better as george w than sam rockwell is in this movie if they would have put Will Ferrell in this because it is an Adam McKay movie and they have worked many a time together, Will Ferrell, we'd be saying he's an Oscar nominee now because they probably have put him there. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been totally tongue in cheek too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see what it is there. Is it because he just they just really love the way he eats that chicken? I don't know. Um, I, I, I really think this is like the Darth Maul kind of controversy when you start to count the amount of minutes he's on screen and then turn around and say, is that worth an Academy Award? No, probably not. No, it's not. Um, but yeah, what does the Academy have against Michael B. Jordan is my question. He did not get in for Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station. He was not even considered for Creed. Now we have arguably his best performance. I mean... This, he seems like overdue, and he's not even. It's not like he's been around forever, yeah. you know. At least for a nomination, never been nominated. Yeah, but we shall see. Wonder. Okay, moving on to what I think. Out of all the categories, this one gives me the hardest time to predict. Best supporting actress. Our nominees are Amy Adams for Vice. The Big Shocker, which was a good one. Marina De Tavera for Roma. Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Emma Stone for The Favorite. And Rachel Weisz for The Favorite. What are you guys going with? I am still going with Regina. Landslide. I, 
I think that because even though she didn't get SAG, which I'm pretty sure the reasons I read is because the screeners did not get out in time for SAG mm-hmm. and she didn't get a BAFTA because BAFTA people don't know good movies. <laughs> um, that you can still feel that maybe the voters will feel sorry that she didn't get these two awards. And they understand that they've seen this movie. They've seen Regina. They understand from her critics choice and from her golden globe winners that, Hey, yeah, she is really that good in this. Um, Regina deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. I see what you have on your sheet. I, okay. I will say, I have gone back and forth so many times here and I will probably continue to go back and forth until Oscar night right now in this moment, I'm thinking Rachel Weiss and I know she's won before. I know she's nominated along Emma stone that didn't stop Sam Rockwell last year. He was nominated with Woody Harrelson, same movie. And so I think sometimes the split votes apply. Sometimes it doesn't. I think in this case, the the split vote will apply. I thought that at first, but just from what I've been hearing, a lot of people in the industry think Rachel Weisz is the clear one between those two. Just from what I've heard in podcasting and reporting. The other thing is that in the 25-year history of the SAGs, only one time has the Oscar winner not been nominated there. Now, I didn't realize that it was a screener issue, so that may cause a change in my pick you saying that mm-hmm. but between her not getting that and between her not getting BAFTA there's a lot of Academy members in those two groups I would love Regina to win I really really hope it happens but it's also saying so- it's also saying something that Rachel Weiss didn't win the SAG it went yeah. to Blunt who's not nominated here yeah and I thought for sure like at that point I was like okay it's Regina the BAFTAs happened. I expected Rachel Weisz to win, but for her to be able to edge out the overdue Amy Adams narrative and her co-star, and the BAFTAs love the favorites, so maybe that's a moot point. I don't know. It's just so hard for me to call, and the Academy just doesn't seem to have that much love for Beale Street either. I mean, it's going to win score, but I don't know. We'll see. Put it this way. This is how I see it. So you, you spoke about the split between Emma and Rachel for the favorite. Emma Stone has won four awards so far for favorite. Rachel, five. Regina King, 33. Right. Is that including critics awards, though? Because the critics and the TVs, they haven't lined up at all this year. That is every uh, critics award circle from New York. Detroit, San Francisco, D.C., L.A., Boston, all the way to, yeah, all of them. See, my thing there is, it's really weird how actors don't vote for themselves unless it's the BAFTAs, the SAGs, or the Oscars. They just get three things. Yeah, all the way to the Golden Globe. See, my thing is, I'm pretty sure the biggest critic winner for Best Actress is Tony Collette. For actor, it's definitely Ethan Hawke. Neither of those two are nominated, so I don't know how much I can trust the critics. Yeah. Or even the Critics' Choice Awards. I don't know. Like I said, Oscar night, I may switch over to Regina. I would like to. I don't know. I think the other thing with Emma Stone is that Emma Stone just won two years ago. Um, again, Mahershala may throw a loop in that, but I don't know if they're in a big hurry to reward her again, especially when 
two years ago, that was a really competitive category that a lot of people don't agree with. So let's just give it to the shocking Marina de Tavira. Just Amy and Regina cancel each other out. Emma and Rachel cancel each other out. Marina wins in an upset. There you go. It could happen. Um, any snubs in this category for you guys? Uh, Emily Blunt for Quiet Place and Claire Foy for First Man. Claire Foy for First Man. Bunch of boys. She was very good. I want to see her in there. My big one was Elizabeth Debicki for Widows. That movie has been uh, criminally snubbed for the entire award season, I think, in a lot of areas. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, the next one, which... I don't want to talk about, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> Best actor in a leading role. Our nominees here, Christian Bale for Vice, Ugh. Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Yay. Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, Rami yeah. Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Christian, who's winning? Teeth. 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 Who yeah. is Teeth? Rami. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the first person he should think is his prosthetics person. Here's my thing. He struggles with the teeth. At least that's the way it seems to me. I've seen, I went on and like watched some videos of Freddie Mercury, like giving interviews and things. And obviously like his overbite, you know, that's a big, that's what people have seen. But like he doesn't, Rami it seems over the top. It seems like he's really struggling with those teeth to me. You're also and... talking about the difference of 30 years of living with teeth in your mouth versus six months. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's understandable, but like that should be considered if you're talking about an Academy Award here, I think. I'm just surprised that you're telling me actors, his peers, Meryl Streep, I don't know if she did or not, but Saul's are is seeing something in Rami's performance compared to not only everybody else in this category, but everybody else who wasn't nominated this past year. Yeah. Like you're telling me people are thinking that this is such a life-changing, groundbreaking performance that was recast two different times before we finally got to Rami Malek. They're seeing nostalgia. They're seeing the Golden Globe. They're seeing the SAG. Those are the things that they're seeing, honestly. Yeah. I, I think it's it's nothing more than the nostalgia and the lookalike of him playing Mercury. Which this will be twice. This will be twice in a row that people have had different appearances based on makeup and prosthetics and stuff. With Gary Oldman last year winning for Winston Churchill, which I think now in hindsight is a better performance than this. Oh, by far, totally, totally. By far. That goes without saying. But you also have uh, Christian Bale in that category, which would be my pick, also playing someone. Because watch that movie again, and despite the, the writing and all that good stuff, directing, watch that movie again, his mannerisms. I've, I've lived eight years with that man on my TV. The mannerisms and the little twitches that he does, it's all there. He really engulfed himself in that role. And then you put the hair and makeup on top of that. Oh my gosh, he put the dick in dictator for Dick Cheney. Which 
I will say he did encapsulate <laughs> that performance. My problem was that, and I haven't thought enough about the mannerisms, so maybe that'll change my perception a little bit. It's just that I feel like I watched five to ten minutes of that performance and I saw the whole thing. Um, and, and I felt that Daryl Hammond on SNL in eight years did a much better job than Christian Bale. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think... I think I hold part of it against Christian Bale because of the writing. And I just don't think that's a character that allows for much emotional range. But again, like I said, we're talking about an Oscar here. My thing, how do you, I just, I think Bradley Cooper is by far the best here. I haven't seen Willem Dafoe yet. Um, so I'll get to him, but from what I've seen, you know, Bradley Cooper, not only put on this great performance as an addict and alcoholic, there are scenes where he kind of sheds that hardcore masculinity. He learned to sing and he, you know, helped write some songs. He directed the damn thing, learned to play guitar. Well, he did so much. He hasn't won anything. And I mean, Vigo Mortensen was basically a caricature of all the stereotypical Italian characters on film to date. So hey. why he's in there, I don't know. Um, Willem Dafoe. I love Willem. So maybe I'll... It's a good... I will say that it is a very good performance because I've seen it. It's the most... It's the most nuanced and the most subtle and quiet because, I mean, it's Van Gogh by himself pretty yeah. much for the whole thing. You see the pain in his eyes. Much like... It, it's much like Bradley. It's two different artists, music, painting, with their own personal struggles. He's my runner-up choice if I were voting, because my first choice obviously is Bradley. But yeah, the actors, the acting category for lead actor have been very much up and down for the past ten years. Yeah, I was In looking the past through. a couple years. This year, last year, they've been very boring choices. I think major diversity is needed. Um, I know Brett and probably Christian as well wanted to see uh, W. Diggs in there yes. for his performance. And I, to me, I was totally surprised that Ethan Hawke wasn't nominated because going back to the critics, that he is the critics' darling for this category. So to see him totally snubbed was totally surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. I and John David Washington for Black Klansman, who was getting a lot of nominations before this. Like, I would have loved to see him in there. It's it's such a weird and for me a really not a very good category at all. No. Um, and so I'm at the point though where I am so much and Rami Malek as a person. I'm sure he's great, but for that performance. I'm at the point where I'm hardcore rooting for Christian Bale, even though I don't want him to win just because I think he has the best shot of winning yeah. over Rami Malek. It would have been interesting to see Freddie Mercury played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Which was the original choice they're going to go with. I think we'd be rooting for that right now. Oh, totally. totally. Yeah. And yeah. The controversy surrounding the film has not deterred this at all. Rami Malik, I don't think, has responded well to the questions about it at all. He has and, a joke Twitter now where it's like Rami Malik doesn't know about dot dot yeah. dot. <laughs> yeah. Um well it's I, I also think it's hard on him because he's being uh, 
in his moment to um, go that way. He's being asked about his director and yeah. it, it takes away from his moment, I think. I, I don't think it's fair. It's like, it's like asking, I don't know, uh, a catering director about the wedding. It's, it, it doesn't matter. The only thing I will say before we move on here is that when I talk to people who love that movie, who think it's like the best thing ever and who thinks that he is like giving the best performance that has ever been created on film, I want to ask why they think that with the asterisk of you can't say because he was Freddie Mercury. Like I want to know a real reason and I've yet to get like a real reason. For me, when an actor has all this footage they can use at their disposal that they can study and whatnot. You really have to give a knockout, really big knockout for performance for me to root for you. Whereas yeah. like something like, you know, Bradley Cooper, who yes, it is the fourth remake, but he reinvented that character, you know, kind of on his own doing, I give more credence to that. And like I said, I don't want to, you know, that's maybe an unfair assumption, but like, I think Daniel day Lewis with Lincoln, you know, that is a an impersonation that really got me. Like he really knocked it out. I can't deny That's, that. That has been done before many times, but he did it something totally different. different. Yeah, totally different. He did his research through the letters and through just archival information that Lincoln's voice might not have sounded like manly and gruff, but had a little bit like you know, this is me. This is Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And in the case of uh, both Bale and Mallet, they had plenty of footage to study from. Um, in the case of um, Queen, they were one of the bands that used to make their own music videos before MTV was even invented. So yeah. he had footage, he had behind the scenes, he had concert footage because they were also big on recording their concerts. And you go on YouTube and there are hours and hours of this stuff. So he had a lot of stuff to study from. And I think that's why he's gonna win because People are going to say, this is just like that footage I saw. And once again, that Live Aid performance at the end. That's what people will remember. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I don't know. It's it's upsetting. It's the way it is. Um, we're going to be reminded of it in a year when he presents Best Actress. <laughs> so that's just the way it is. Um, moving on. Moving on. Okay, we've got another category that's in a tight race for a while. Maybe still, I don't know. Actress in a leading role. The nominees are Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Now, I know the big narrative here is that it's Glenn's time. Is it Glenn's time? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, yeah, she's going to win. Olivia Coleman winning the winning the BAFTA was the British bias that I always talk about with the BAFTAs. My personal pick is Lady Gaga. From the day I saw that trailer, it was always Lady Gaga. Glenn is fine. She's not going to be my favorite win ever, mostly because the the majority of her like powerhouse performance comes at the very end plus yeah. her facial features which if you don't know about her facial features you're not going to be like why is she winning this um i feel it is a career win no matter what anybody says 
Yeah, um, without seeing it, I agree. Glenn Close will probably win. Um, for months, I've been saying Olivia Coleman should win, just mm -hmm. based on her performance in the favorite. And the more I rewatch as far as going, it's really sad that Lady Gaga won't win. But um, yeah. yeah, it's I. They don't really do it as far as a tie, but. Um, Except what was that the SAG where they tied? Critics Choice. Critics Choice. Critics Choice where they tied uh, Glenn Close and Lady Gaga, but the Academy will probably try to work it so there's just one winner. Now, but, unlike unlike Rami winning though, when Glenn Close wins, I won't be upset. No, right. She's like a great actress. She's been through it all, really. Theater, all that yeah. stuff. Her performances have been great. It's just that this movie and this performance is kind of not up to par with what I would expect to be like a best actress win. Yeah. And I, go ahead, KB. I was just going to say it was out early enough that critics and it was appealing toward critics to um, go see it as far as like uh, screeners and so forth. I, I think I know most uh, film critics saw it as a screener. Um, but I, I, I just, I don't, think without even seeing it i know that this is probably not the role she should have won for yeah i think that's the narrative is that she should have won for like fatal attraction i she think could win in a few years when and if they make the sunset boulevard the musical movie yeah and i i want her to win i really i i really just don't like when the oscars give out career achievement awards in competitive categories I don't think that's fair. Um, I unless love they're really good performances. Uh, yeah, unless they're really good performances, right? If it's the best performance of the year, yeah, totally give it to Glenn Close. For me, I thought she was really good, but she's number five in this category for me personally. Yikes! Um, Olivia Coleman would be my number one. Lady Gaga, Melissa McCarthy, and Can You Ever Forgive Me is really freaking good. She's okay. really good in that movie. And Yelitz Aparicio, who's this non-actor who wasn't even auditioning for the role, comes in, gives this great soulful performance. I, I'm happy for Glenn Close. I'm happy for her fans. I'm not going to complain when she wins. But I'll be honest, I do think it's a career award. Do you yeah. push it down to number six if we include that Tony Collette should have been in there? Uh, Tony Collette should be number one. She should win. For Hereditary? <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's what I would say. But as much as I was ugh, about hereditary, I do agree she should have gotten in there with that. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's been wild to track this race, you know, with Glenn Close winning the Globes. I was like, I wasn't convinced yet. And then the critics choice, she tied with Gaga, won SAG, Olivia Coleman won BAFTA. But like you said, British actress, kind of expect it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's Glenn's year. So that's where we're at. Directors. Directors. So yeah, Tony Collette, any other snubs here from you guys? That's it. Yeah. It's a good category. It is. The actresses, the actresses are a lot more interesting than the actors. Oh, tell me about it. That's usually the case, but it is. And speaking of actresses, Christian here has seen almost all 93 performances that have ever won. Thank you. Wow. Really interested to see that list. 
It will be out next Saturday or Sunday. That's awesome. Okay. We're down to our final two categories. Uh, this next one also probably a foregone conclusion. Um, but best director, we have Alfonso Coron for Roma, uh, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Pavel Pavlovsky for Cold War, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorites, and Adam McKay for Vice. Could you say the Cold War director's name one more time? I think it's Pavel Pavlovsky. Okay, very good. <laughs> I, Yeah, that's what I've heard so far. I think it's at least close, so... So I think we're all in agreement on who's taking this. Yep. Yeah. Alfonso wins number two. This is how many for him now? Three? Two. Two. Yeah, Gravity and... No, no, no. I mean in... Oh, in, this year. For, for the night. Um. Yeah, I'm predicting four. Four. But I'm so predicting far, four. Three. Yeah, so far three. Yeah. So far in our talk three. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. The fact that he's even nominated for five, I think the only person who's been nominated for more in one night is Walt Disney, and that was like he had like two in two categories, like the short films, and so. And that was a different time because he just produced them; he didn't actually direct them or anything. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, Alfonso is taking this. This is his. This is his passion project. It's always great to see somebody win for a passion project like this. Mm-hmm. And this is like the ultimate one for him. And I'm so happy to see him win this twice now. Like you said, he's won twice with Gravity being his other win. Yeah. And it's deserving. I mean, I think a lot of people, including myself, would love to see Spike Lee get that best director Mm -hmm. Oscar. Me too. Um, But if I'm thinking of who really, I would say, deserves it and probably should win, I I can't deny Alfonso Coron because just everything he did in this film... The directing is stellar. So, and also, I love seeing him give speeches because the very first people he thinks every single time is Yalitza Aparicio and Marina de Tavero. And to see him have that respect for his two actresses and really give them their credit for the film is always refreshing to see. It's very much like it's very much like Guillermo last year where he thanked his two ladies. He hugged them before he went up there. It's like these two men, both from Mexico. They're both really best friends alongside um, Alejandro. So the three Mexican directors, really. They appreciate film so much. They love film. They love what they do. Yeah, and since 2013 Oscars, those three have won every Best Director Award except for Chazelle winning for La La Land. I mean, they've dominated this category. Viva! it's great my people so yeah any um any snubs here for you guys i think there's a big one there's a few big ones um, say, called bradley cooper yeah i say barry jenkins and uh john krasinski for quiet place yeah um i would also say a lot has been said about how male this category is once again with all the female directing achievements this year and that's hard because there are so many directorial achievements this year like i think like steve mcqueen and widows i would have liked to see in there mm-hmm. um but also Cl- chloe Zhao for the writer wasn't going to happen but i would have loved to see it um 
let's see her all of them that you guys mentioned it's it's a really competitive race here not not the race but for who could have gotten in i think a lot of the, options. the cold war director was kind of a surprise but i i had heard before that that he was probably going to get in there lynn ramsey too for you were never really here thank you yeah that was really a, a great um movie based on direction yeah she made some bold choices with that um if you guys don't mind i want to ask you guys both between this and best actor why do they not like bradley cooper they used to like actors turned director yeah mel gibson kevin costner i i don't know i think it's because i have no reason i really don't i think that they just say oh well we'll, we'll give you one or the other yeah you know, and maybe it's because it's his first time directing, but who knows? It, it's different too because last year Greta Gerwig, who's an actress by trade, really got her nomination in there for Lady Bird. So, yeah, I uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty confounded by it, but I think too many people still see him as the pretty boy from The Hangover, even though he's been nominated plenty of times before. I just don't know if that respect is there yet. What movie? And what's that? One movie? The Hangover? Never heard of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But also, oh. I wonder if they're just like, this is the third remake of this movie. We're not going to go there. And so, I don't know. It was just shocking. Maybe it is the actor turned director bias. Who knows? Yeah, Ben Affleck. I mean would be another recent example of that. So that could be it as well. Alrighty. So moving on best picture this year, this year we had eight nominees. They are black Panther, black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, the favorite green book, Roma, a star is born and vice. All right, Christian, I'm going to you first. What Me. do you got? I think the Roma is going to take it. Roma. Yeah. Maybe. It's Roma. So sad, but it's true. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Roma as well. So three for three here. What are you guys? Why Roma? I mean, this is a movie that. You know, it's a foreign film, which is never one. I mean, asterisk. Um, it is a Netflix film, which they normally don't like. How's it going to overcome all that? Do we think I think it's going to win. And I think the reason why movie studios don't want it to win is because it's going to be a major shift that a movie could come out on a subscription service and win the coveted award of best picture for the academy awards mm -hmm. and that means moviegoers don't have to go to the movies to see what they deem an excellent movie and they don't want that to happen but it's happening it's happening just based on the awards that this movie has won so far and what we're pre all predicting will happen on on that night but 
I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens so far uh, after that because if you look at Netflix, there's new content going up weekly, not just um, short miniseries documentaries, but new shows and definitely new movies. And each one of those movies are getting the opportunity to uh, be nominated for these categories. And I hope that also if Netflix wins, hoping it wins, obviously, that people won't also look at it as like a political stunt. Mm. Just, you know, because of what's happening out there over in Washington, because this is a great movie. Um, it's not just all political. It's a good story. It's Alfonso's story. It's his movie told to these two women, um, especially Yalitza's character as uh, the maid. I mean, out of all these nominees I'm looking at, I mean, they're all great, but there's something about Roma too that's like best picture quality. Mm -hmm. And I know it's nearest competition, isn't it? The nearest competition is Green Book. Yeah, and I, I really... I'll be honest, I think Roma will win. Green Book wouldn't surprise me either because for a couple reasons. One, because Green Book has won the only award show so far that uses a preferential ballot, and that's the PGA. Granted, that doesn't have quite the large voting body that the Oscars does, but they tend to everybody, like everybody votes for best picture. Correct. And they all rank it on the preferential ballot one to eight. Mm-hmm. So I think Green Book could happen because as much as they've tried to increase diversity over the years, Green Book is a movie that makes people feel good, especially <laughs> older white men, uh, and which still makes up a large part of the voting body. Yeah. I do think the reason I go with Roma is just because of what it's, it's won so many so far. Critics' Choice, BAFTA, it probably would have won the Golden Globe, but it wasn't, it couldn't go up for best drama because it was in the foreign film category that's just their weird rule um i do think that there are people who do not like green book at all and will rank it number eight i don't know if there are people who will do that to roma i think it's pretty universally i know what the people's choice is um once again just standing in front of that movie theater as they came out i've heard at least three different people just eavesdrop and say that Black Klansman has to win the Academy Award. It was their best picture. Um, that says a lot. And I I really would love to see that win, but Roma is coming on so strong. I mean, I will jump out of my seat because yes, Christian, I do watch the Oscars. I will jump out of my seat if they announce Black Klansman as a winner. Look, if Roma wins, the only thing I want out of Roma is a Blu-ray release so I can complete my collection. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's it. And it'll, it'll definitely get it if that's the case. It wouldn't be the first Netflix uh, movie release on Blu-ray. So. Right. Yeah, I think Black Klansman is probably, I would say, th- is going to end up third place. Not that we see that. Um, but it does have a lot of nominations that help its cause. I think it kind of actually overperformed on Nominations Morning. But Roma, I think, has to be the betting pick here. So, which is cool. It, it would be really cool to see a foreign film. Um, whether you like the Netflix aspect or not, it's impressive. Um, and also just for Alfonso and everybody involved. 
it will be one of the most widely accessible Best Picture winners ever because of the Netflix thing. Yeah. And I got to thinking, I was looking today, I think it was Vulture released, like, they ranked, like, the first 90 Best Picture winners up to this so far. And I was thinking, okay, the top two are probably Roma or Green Book. One would be in that top half, you know, pictures, movies to win Best Picture. Yeah. Green Book would probably be somewhere near the bottom. Yikes. And so it's weird. And it's like a repeat of 1989 when Spike Lee wasn't nominated, but Driving Miss Daisy won. This is like the Driving Miss Daisy of 2018. But I will say, I enjoy Driving Miss Daisy. And not Green Book. I don't enjoy <laughs> Just put a period on that sentence right there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I enjoy Driving Miss Daisy. Sue me. It has Jessica Tandy. It has Morgan Freeman, and they're delightful. Green Book, what does it have? It has Mr. Vallelonga teaching Mr. Shirley how to eat fried chicken. You call, yeah. that, Os- you call that Oscar worthy? <laughs> yeah. See, the other thing is that Driving Miss Daisy also did not get a Best Director nomination just like Peter Farrelly this year. So it, it could happen. I want to know, and I know he's campaigning hard to get his Oscar, but when this is all said and done, I want Spike Lee's opinion on all this. I'm sure he'll gladly give it. Yeah. I think he's been holding back up to this point because he's campaigning. He wants once, that Oscar. Once the night is over, he's just, I hope he just lashes out, shares but all. But then the again, if they win uh, for screenplay, he may stay reserved. That's true. That's true. Because an Oscar is an Oscar. It's not the Oscar he wants or the top two Oscars that he wants. Yeah. But it's still a, a win. So yeah. uh, my question now that we've decided, how many is Roma taking for the night? Four. How many is Black Panther? I'm going to go down the list. Black Panther. Um, One. I want to say... I have it for, yeah, one. Costume design. Klansman. Klansman, one. One. Rhapsody. Uh, Two. 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 Favorite. Two for me. Two to three. Two to three. Green Book. I don't even want to think about it. Two. No, three. Three. Two. Two, 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 three. Two. Yeah, two to three. Roma four, A Star is Born, one. One. Shallow. And Vice, hair and makeup is really maybe editing, but one to two on Vice. Okay. So it's pretty much, it's spread out nicely. Yeah, it's it's really spread out, which I think speaks for this season. It's been a weird year. It's like every Best Picture nominee might get at least one. Yeah. Interesting. That's new. I, I'm in the crowd where I hate this whole eight or five to ten thing. Keep it at just ten. Yeah, I was going to ask, if they went to ten, what are the last two? What Bill Street. Bill Street and First Man. Yeah, I would probably agree. Um, yeah which I think would make for a lot better lineup than we have right now. It would. Yeah. All righty. Well, um, the Oscars are a week from today, Sunday, the 24th of February. And then it'll be all over. 
it'll be all over. They're on at 7 p.m. Central Time, according to their website. They will uh, be over three hours. Yeah. It'll be interesting. There will not be a host, which is fine by me. For the best. Yep. Um, They're going to find a lot of ways to put some weird shenanigans, I bet you. Yeah. But it what happens, happens. This has been a very strange year. And, you know, I'm part of me is like, let it end. But the other part is like, if there's one good thing about all the wildness of this year is that it's sometimes it's more fun when you don't have a clear idea what is going to win everything. Yeah. So at least we have that. Any closing thoughts before we sign off? The Christian awards went well. <laughs> yeah. Run through some of those real quick. Oh boy. Okay. Brett, tell them while I'm getting my list, what the Christian awards are. So for the past four years, Christian has uh, hosted some personal award film awards between some of his friends. Um, he, we all submit nominations um, and he kind of tabulates what are in those sends out the Google form so we can all vote for the winners. And those happened. What was it a week ago? You announced those? Yeah. Last Friday. I do them very randomly. I just wanted to get them done this year, so that's why they came very early. Um, so again, my friends vote on them. So Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody were totally shut out of all of this. The favorite, the favorite ended up winning five, including Best Picture, uh, Best, uh, what do we got here? Screenplay, Cinematography, Comedy, and Ensemble. And A Star is Born came in second with four. We did award Bradley Cooper because we're smart people. We awarded him twice, actually, for director and actor. Lady Gaga wins actress and then song. So, yeah. Very nice. Those are always fun. Yeah, we had ties. We had Roma and Shoplifters tie for foreign. Very exciting. Wow. Yeah, so. Christian awards are a little bit better than the Oscars sometimes. Uh, I would say usually. Normally, that's the case. Yeah. yeah. It's the people's choice. Yeah. It is the people's choice. Alrighty. Well, that's all we got. Be sure to tune into the Oscars. Um, check out the website for a follow-up. Um, give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, at and, now, and if you have a letterboxed. Yes, yes, if you have a letterbox account, we are now a letterbox under Gilded Films. So give us a follow there as well. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.